the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are we on the eve of a revolution that's going to change America permanently? Where are we really at with this? I'm hoping that those who took this movement that's going on with the left, I'm hoping those that didn't take it seriously are actually thinking about that today because this is an incredibly serious time that we're facing in this country. And as such, I'm honored that you choose to share this time with me. Those of you who are out there every night, my dear friends that I love and appreciate so much that are watching right now on Facebook Live, which is streaming on the Answer San Diego Facebook page. Those who are listening on the app, those who are listening in their cars or just or even listening on the podcast, which you can get later on the answer San Diego dot com. I just appreciate you guys so much. And we really need to join together. We need to stay unified in support of this country, the values, the traditions and the law on which it was founded. Greatest nation in the history of the world. And that is ultimately what's at stake. 888-344-1170. If you would like to call in the show, the big question for you guys tonight is, do you really believe the polls? Do you really believe that President Trump could lose this election? All It's all I've been hearing about all day long. Oh, the polls, the polls, the polls, the polls, the polls. If I am to believe the polls, I am to believe that a large percentage of those who voted for President Trump in 2016, whose agenda was make America great again, whose agenda was put America first, whose agenda was about everything that this country was founded on, to restoring the, this country to equal justice under the law, for all Americans, not a separate you know, justice system for the Hillary Clintons of the world. That we have free markets, individual liberty, religious freedom in this country, personal freedoms in this country. That we get out of these bad trade deals that are going on and stop letting these other countries eat our clocks with this new world order globalist movement. That we have some brains when it comes to bringing people into this country. And that includes not bringing people in here without proper vetting when they're, if they're coming from a terrorist-infested country. Am I to believe that m- millions of people who voted for that have suddenly decided that they're going to vote for the Democrat Party that is destroying this country and everything that it's about? And I mean literally destroying it. Literally seizing blocks of, 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 a, of a city and shooting it up and terrorizing its it neighbors, neighbors within it? Beating, people getting beaten up on the streets all day long. Business owners beaten up. Monuments and statues being torn down. People's lives being destroyed professionally if they don't if they don't join in. People being threatened. I'm supposed to believe that the people who voted for Trump are going to leave Trump to vote for that. 
and what's going on with these shutdowns and these Democrat governors deciding just to pick and choose. You know, we, we've got we've got uh, the Trump supporters are going to vote for a party that arrested, arrested a hair salon owner, but is celebrating rioters and savages in the streets. I'm really supposed to believe that. I don't think so. But I could be wrong. We've got some amazing guests tonight to answer these questions. Harlan Hill is going to be here. He's a Trump advisor. He's a a pundit that you see all over the news. He's also author of a book that's come out that he's done with Ryan Gerdusky. Um, Of course, I don't happen. Where do I have the name of the book handy? They're not listening. How the elites created the national populist revolution. I've got an interesting question for him on whether or not he believes that this new revolution is really something that Trump supporters are embracing. Because if you're going to believe the polls, you've got to believe that they're embracing this. And then later on in the show, we've got Congressman Daryl Issa, former Congressman Daryl Issa, who's currently running in the 50th district, who's going to be here to represent the Republican Party and, and help discuss. He's one of the few Republicans who's called Antifa a domestic terrorist organization for which they are. He's one of the few Republicans speaking out forcibly against this movement. Lots to discuss here. And the man who's going to keep it rolling like he does every night of the week. Who's also, he ain't afraid to share his mind on any of the topics. And so hopefully we'll, we'll have an opportunity to have my man here jump in today as well. It's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman is a man of great character and intellect. DJ Potato Skins. And to answer your questions very directly, no, I don't believe the polls. And no, I do not believe President Trump will lose the election. It's, it's a way to bully us. It's 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 the cancel culture. Lose hope. Don't you don't need to worry about it because he's already lost. Well, well, not only that, but it's a way to basically say silence is violence. You know that you, you some what's wrong with you if you're not on board with this movement? You must be racist. You that's must right. be no better than the cop who, who who killed George Floyd. That's that's what they're trying to tell us. That's that's what this is about when they're coming out this summer at in unison, including Fox News. And thank you to everybody, by the way, who I know it's tempting to, to turn on, uh, you know, a certain uh, national host right now because he's doing a town hall with President Trump. You can record that and listen to that later or you can go watch him if you want. Listen to my podcast later. Um, but I, I, that's that's what it is. Don't believe for a second that these polls coming out now are not meant to do anything but manipulate you. They are meant to to depress you and to to depress turnout, and suppress turnout. But it's also meant it's 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 a psychological attack on you. It's it's the same way that they tried to they attacked our psyches with phony models and trying to make everybody think that if they left their home, they were going to automatically get, uh, catch a virus that's going to kill them on the spot. Uh, it's 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 emotional terrorism. What's going on? Don't believe it. Well, like what you were saying, Andrea. You know, would people abandon Trump, a president that's kept more promises than any recent president in history? No, right. I don't think so. And for what? For a movement, as everybody saw, uh, finally, at least we we've had a couple of these Black Lives. They're so emboldened. They've been so encouraged, so supported by the Democrat Party and all these, you know, Hollywood and everybody in media, including Martha McCallum, who you know did an abysmal job of interviewing. Interviewing this man. I mean, the kowtowing that she did to this Hawk Newsom, no relation to Gavin Newsom, by the way, uh, who is the who chairs Black Lives Matter of Greater New York. What is this like? You know, the the, you know, a third party. Is this a third party movement or are they squelching out the Democrats? So he comes on They're They're so emboldened that they're they're finally being honest about who they are. The question is whether or not anybody's going to be uh, speak out against them. But he went on and basically said uh, that. Um, we either get what we want or we will burn the system to the ground and replace it with something else. Of course, nobody ever asked what what replace it with something else means, but that's a threat against this country. 
an absolute threat. He went on to speak some truth, too, when he said, look, these riots got us eight cops fired. We're getting what we want out of this violence. I'm not going to say I'm for the violence or not. Ha, ha, ha. Wink, wink. But I am going to say just an observation here. We're getting what we want out of it. And you know what? He's absolutely right. Absolutely right. I said this a few nights in the show. I put it out there on Facebook and some people were like, oh, I'm not concerned about this movement. They're far left fringe. You need to be concerned about it because they are actually terrorizing communities. They're forcing legislation. They're shifting the Democrat Party left. This is the Democrat Party. This is your choice, America. You can either you can either re-embrace what the Trump agenda still is about. America as we know it, the beacon of freedom, economic freedom, personal freedom, religious freedom, freedom to express yourself, your Second Amendment rights being fully enforced, your right to run your business as you see fit. Every freedom that we know it, everything about this country is at stake. You can either choose to have America as we know it, which is the choice with Trump, or you can choose the Democrat Party and continue to watch this country be burned to the ground to turn it into Venezuela. Those are your choices. We come back. We're going to talk to Harlan Hill about his new book. They're not listening. How the elites created the national populist revolution. Hey, is that book already outdated? Is America embracing this new Marxist revolution? Stay tuned. We'll talk to Harlan when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Before the break, we were talking about this hawk Newsom dude on uh, last night on BLM saying, "Hey, uh, we, we're you you either give us what we want or we're going to burn the system down," and that just made my blood boil. You, you know, if somebody threatened to burn my house down, I would say, "Dude, you better show up with the mega blowtorch of all time because I am going to make sure that I have fashioned a a a water cannon that will blow your butt all the way to Bimini from San Diego here. And that is the kind of response that we need to be having against these people as a country, as a nation, as citizens, and as a Republican Party. And I am not hearing it. It kind of reminded me of an analogy. They tell women and teenage girls, if, the, if, you, if some man comes and get, tries to get you off the street and kidnap you, you need to fight right then and there. You need to fight him off because you don't think that you're going to get in his car and have any chance of survival. You need, you need to fight tooth and nail for your life right then and there on the street. And that's really what, where we're at right now. That's fight then and there. This is where we're at in this country right now against people that want to destroy us and are destroying us right now. And I call on President Trump. I said before the break, I'm not believing these polls that Trump supporters have decided to abandon the make America great again and put America first ideology for this. But enough might get peeled off if President Trump backs off of his make America great and put put America first ideology. Where is he with that? Where is he with his boldness? Because we have a revolution brewing. And I'm not sure that it continues to be the populist revolution, but I could be wrong. Joining me now to discuss this is Harlan Hill, one half of the team that wrote the book, They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. And I'm concerned that we got another another revolution that's kind of trumping the populist revolution. So I want to get your opinion on that, Harlan Hill. And thank you for being here on the Andrea Kay Show. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. Well, you just heard what I had to say. Uh, I, I'm concerned about this revolution. They're serious. They mean it when they say they either, we either give them what they want or they're going to burn it down. And they are burning yeah. it down, and they're getting no blowback from anybody. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we're being held hostage by the, the radical leftist mob that has swept every major metropolitan area in the country. And they view this as a populist movement, but it's really not. They're doing the bidding of big corporate interests. Um, and they, uh, as, as, a, as a party platform, haven't presented a single um, critique or plan that would start to put people first, whether that is uh, uh, an economic policy that advances people's wages, returning jobs to the United States. They, they haven't. This is not a true populist movement. This is a leftist mob that is holding us hostage and is erasing our history and our faith. Well, it's a Marxist movement, and I'm not hearing anybody address that aspect of it. BLM has come out and admitted one of their one of their organizers said we are trained. We have an ideology and we're trained in it. We're Marxist revolutionaries. She didn't use the word revolutionary. She said we're Marxist organizers. This is who we are and this is what the movement's about. Now, not all of them. I mean, we've got a, we've got a lot in this movement, like in Hollywood and different ones that are basically like looters, right? That are seizing this as an opportunity. The grifters, the Al Sharptons of the world that are seizing this as an opportunity for, for their own little power or what free stuff they can get out of it. Um, but ultimately, which is why you've got the Democrat Party embracing this movement is because because it's ultimately about Marxism. It's about trying to usher us into what Obama wanted. Nobody asked this man last night when he said, we want to burn the system down and replace it. Nobody asked him, what do you want to replace it with? Just like nobody was allowed to ask Obama, you want to transform America into what? It should be clear now that they want to transform it into what we've seen happen from coronavirus, right? Where we've seen all these Democrat governors seize all the means of production, seize businesses, and decide to use them arbitrarily for their own schemes. And so it should be really clear what the choice for America. So I, I'm concerned and confused as to why anybody would. Uh, do you believe the polls? I see the choice well, out there for Americans as being clear, and I'm really supposed to believe that Americans are choosing this Democrat movement over Trump's MAGA? Well, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to push back on one thing. I mean, I, okay. I am on the advisory board for the president's reelection campaign. Um, I am a longtime supporter of the president. I want to see him succeed. But unfortunately, I think that some of the polls have credence. I mean, I'm reading real polls like the Siena College poll that um, have proven uh, they've demonstrated a track record uh, of being within the margin of error of the outcome of these elections. And when you look at a state by state basis, we're losing in every major battleground state. Why? And even if we're not losing in those states. Well, I think that it's because we don't have a message right now. Um, and I think that the campaign needs to do a better job of articulating what our plan is moving forward. Why are we reelecting President Trump to four years? This cannot, at this point, it's a referendum on his performance. And when you have 40 million people that have filed for unemployment and you have riots in every major metropolitan city and people are not able to conduct commerce in a normal fashion, then uh, of course the president's not going to be viewed favorably, even if it's not his fault that we're in this predicament. But people entrust in him that he will solve these issues as they come forward. He, he should act as a leader. Well, I th- my suggestion was that he that he needed to admit that it was a mistake to shut down this government because the America needs to get reopened pronto and without masks and six foot distancing nonsense, um, because, you know, all, all that does is just, you know, businesses, if they can reopen at all, are limping along. I mean, restaurant chains are not going to be able to, to stay open or bars at 20 percent capacity. Same with hair salons. Um, that that was the probably the biggest political mistake I've seen, aside from keeping Comey around 
Brown and not firing him. Going along with with uh, the Fauci, Burks, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page duo and going along with the shutdowns was a monumental mistake. And um, I think then continuing to justify it. Uh, using numbers of false models. Well, if we hadn't done this, millions would have died. I think it was a mistake. So I think the way he needs to come back from that. Now he's in a corner. You know, how does it, how does he come back and say that? You know, I feel like he should admit it was a mistake because that's how he gets the, gets the economy reopened again. Um, but on the same token, you know, um, you, you've, you've already got so many Americans that have bought into so much of the lies about coronavirus. So he kind of got himself to, into a corner there. When it comes to pushing back against the rights and the mobs, he's got his own people like Mark Esper coming out and saying, I don't support the Insurrection, insurrection Act. So what should he yeah. do in those two areas to, to come out ahead? Well, I mean, for one, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that we need to get America back. The, the riots we've seen in the streets have far more to do with people being bored and frustrated with their economic prospects than they do about actual racial strife. I think it's a combination of, 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 of that frustration and that complacency and boredom, frankly, um, as well as, you know, the, the very well-organized Marxists um, that, are, that are radicalizing these protests in the streets. But I don't think that they would have the numbers that they, they, they currently do were it not for people's frustration, um, you know, with, with their current economic prospects. So, yeah, get, I, I think a lot of these problems are alleviated once we get people back to work. And whatever the president needs to do to do that safely, um, I'm on board with. Well, see, the, the pickle that he's in is that, you know, it's well, and I heard Kudlow today, Larry Kudlow saying, well, it's up to the states, you know, to, you know, reopen. So it's like, and, and that frustrates me because I don't want to hear this federalist stuff about, well, it's up to the states. Well, if you're going to leave it up to the states, then they shouldn't have gotten a federal dime. Then they shouldn't have relied on the federal government to be, have any involvement in terms of PPEs, in terms of any supplies or anything else. Um, sending around military ships and, you know, using the military to do pop up hospitals that never got used. So it's like, you know, you know, if you were going to use the force of the federal government and FEMA to get involved in the states, and I think you need to use the force of the federal government to say, no, Gavin Newsom, you're not going to continue to, you know, um, keep churches shut down or whatever shut down um, while you allow, you know, liquor stores to stay open. So that's one thing that I think that he could do. The masks and the six foot distancing stuff is a, has been an issue for me from the beginning. It's not founded in science and it's nothing but a means of control. And I feel like he could be speaking out somehow about that your thoughts yeah i mean i i hope so i mean i find the masks to be incredibly frustrating i think that they're just uh theater at this point um you know i mean i, I you know it's, it's absurd that you sit in a restaurant and nobody has a mask but in order to walk to and from the table you have to wear a mask i mean that's not backed up by any reason common sense or otherwise and it's certainly not backed up by by science so uh it's bizarre to me. I mean, if we're going to wear masks and we're committing to that, then you should have to wear masks at all times. And that's not what we're doing. Right. So and it, it makes people feel better. Um, but, you know, look, it, it comes down comes down to this. Um, as a nation, we can't afford to do this any longer. We're going to have to make some decisions as a society about what sacrifices we're willing to make so that, you know, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and that this country doesn't, doesn't, doesn't see its final days because the way that this country is being torn apart, I fear that we may not be able to put it back together. So in, in your, let's get this thing back open. Yeah, in your book, the elites, how the elites created the national populist revolution. Who are the elites? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the media. It's the it's it's the political establishment on both sides of the aisle. Um, it, it's both of them. Um, 
you know, and, and it's not any, it's, it's not isolated to any one country. We've seen this sweep Britain, France, Italy, the Netherlands, uh, New Zealand, so on. Um, and it's this entrenched corporate aligned political and media interests that are looking to sell out the middle class wherever they find them. Um, and they do it through illegal and legal migration that drives down people's wages and uh, globalization that sends people's jobs overseas so that, uh, you know, you can produce goods and services abroad using basically slave labor um, while communities in this country are being torn apart by the opioid crisis. Um, and we send our armed forces overseas to nation build abroad while our infrastructure crumbles here. It makes no sense. So everything that we do in the nationalist populist movement should be to put the nation first and it should be to advocate for working class people. That is what national populism is. Um, and uh, until we own that term and start to better articulate what it is that we're fighting for, we're going to continue to be maligned by these parties. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there, that's the message for the Trump campaign. That's what he that's what he yeah. ran on in 2016. And that's what he needs to run, run on again. And um, and, and I, I, I think if if the are if the polls are accurate and there's any Trump supporters that might have peeled off. Um, it might be because they're, they're just frustrated at this point that he's that he needs to get back on with that, that they feel like maybe he's allowed the the, the entrenched establishment to, to suck him a little too much to the left or, or, or and past uh, his MAGA message. Uh, Harlan Hill, I thank you for being here tonight. The book is I can't wait to read your book, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution. And everybody needs to follow him on Twitter at Harlan, just Harlan, because he's like Cher. And that's H.A.R. L-A-N. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Now we're going to take a break. We come back. Congressman Daryl Issa will be here. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrew K. Show. Before the break, we were talking to Harlan Hill, and um, he says he thinks those poll numbers are correct. And you know what? As I was thinking about it during the break, you know, um, that might actually be a good thing for President Trump. We cannot ever take for granted any election. I think there were too many people that just thought there was no way that Barack Obama was going to win re-election in 2012 after what happened with Benghazi. And uh, no, and I think that there were too many people that thought in 2008 and in the McCain camp and in the Republican Party, you know, that there was that there was no way that this two year senator, Barack Obama, that nobody knew who he was out of Chicago was going to win in 2008. So it might be a good thing if the poll numbers are accurate and that Trump is a little behind because it might make him tighten up and it, to the message. And actually, now that the rallies are getting back going, um, get back on track and get the message and rally the people and show an actual contrast Give the message. Tell the people as plainly as Trump always does the choice that the American people have, the choice of freedom versus tyranny. And joining me now to help make that choice even even more clear to those in San Diego, because it's not even just about President Trump. We must make sure that we have, if not take back the House, keep as many seats as we have, if not get more and take control there. Uh, as well as keep control of the Senate. So joining me now to talk about all this is former Congressman Daryl Issa, as well as congressional candidate Daryl Issa for the 50th District. Hi, Congressman. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Well, thank you for having me back on. And you teed it up perfectly. Uh, the president is back out on the stump. 
uh, obviously driving uh, uh, the left crazy. Uh, they're allowed to riot shoulder to shoulder, but don't let people get into a, a public uh, stadium or arena to see the president of the United States, because that would be unsafe. Um, and the only reason the left is complaining is they're not prepared to deal with uh, the president standing there, as he did for nearly two hours, and addressing people on every one of the issues of his accomplishments and how much more he wants to do. Yeah, and I think that I think there's a couple of things going on in the poll numbers. I do think that there are some from the base that are frustrated, that feel as though that he's allowed uh, Fauci and Burks to take him a little bit in, in the wrong direction with coronavirus and allow these shutdowns to go on too long, which just fed, you know, these Marxists, Gavin Newsom and all these Democrat dictators just gave him an opportunity and, you know, a blank check basically to seize control over businesses. And then, then he's in a bind because once you give the states that, you know, and these governors, you know, a green light to do what they did. It's kind of hard to get it back, you know? So I feel like there's some of the base that are frustrated with that. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, the the will of the... Uh, ultimately, it's up to us as citizens, you know, to own our lives as well. We can't put it all on Trump. So, you know, if you're a business owner out there, you get on the phone with Gavin Newsom and you tell him no. You know, if you're in an industry here, the restaurant association, you know, maybe put some pressure back on. I think that if those of us, I guess my point is, uh, President Trump, when he when he went to Washington, you know, he was up against an establishment. He was up uh, on both sides and he was up against a longstanding. He was an outsider coming in. And there were many people, including I got to be straight up with you, including those in the Republican Party. You know what I'm talking about, Congressman Issa, that didn't want an outsider to come in. They wanted the status quo to continue because maybe they were part of this globalist movement. Maybe they were part of, you know, open borders because of how, and these bad trade deals. And, you know, President Trump has done everything that he could without without the support of the Paul Ryans for the past three years to get us to the strongest economic recovery in the in the history. Nobody could have predicted this pandemic. Nobody could have predicted the George Floyd situation that went down there. He's only one man. We need to, as a party, we need to support him. We as business owners and citizens, each in our states and in our cities, need to do what we can do as citizens and not just expect it all to, to, to fall on President Trump. As a candidate, please talk about what you can do when you get elected to help President Trump, to help this uh, restore American greatness economically as well as our freedoms. Well, speaking the truth in an unvarnished way is the best way to get the American people where we need. So let me start by saying, of course, we could have predicted the George uh, Floyd thing. Of course, we could have predicted a pandemic. Do you know why we could have? Because these things happen every day. The difference is the left was able to define these two events differently than they would have under Barack Obama. And I'm just going to let me just we'll, we'll leave the fact that, you know, every year, hundreds, thousands of black men are shot by black men every year. Hundreds of cops are killed or a hundred cops or so are killed, many of them by African-Americans with guns. Every day, police save black lives from both black and white assailants every day. Mm -hmm. But yes, once in a while, the opposite happens. And the difference is how it's dealt with. So we understand that part. But let's move on to the, this pandemic. I was in 
Geneva at the World uh, Health Organization years ago, and we had just had SARS. And we were looking at it, at the fact that they weren't calling that a pandemic, even though it was. They said, but, you know, there's a pandemic like the, uh, uh, the great pandemic of 1917. It's coming. It's a question of when it will be there. And I asked them what they could do about it. And they said, all we can really do is see it coming. And to a great extent, there's these long lead times, et cetera. And I said, okay, what defines a pandemic? And they said, well, polio would be a definition. Smallpox would be a definition. SARS is not. Well, let's look at it. In 1956-57, the Hong Kong flu had a mortality rate of about two per thousand. It killed about 100,000 out of her, then less than 200 million people. It was a pandemic that came, came out of Asia, but we did not shut down our government and our health officials did not say shut down the economy. As a matter of fact, in 1956, 1957, measles was killing about three per thousand and I was being put in a room as a young man with my sisters and brothers to get measles to get it over with. Ah, the herd immunity. The herd immunity. And that's what we did because there was no vaccine for measles, even though it would kill as many people per thousand as this disease. Wow. And it was particularly fatal to, to, to children under five. The fact is, we have been conned into dealing with this pandemic differently than relatively similar pandemics of the past. The president was conned by the left mm-hmm. and by healthcare people, maybe not with political intent, but as soon as it happened, the political intent of the left has been evident and constant. And as we sit there, three and a half trillion dollars of your tax money gone mm-hmm. and going, they want another three trillion. And my opponent would support that $3 because it's filled with the Green New Deal type uh, mm-hmm. pork, and it is an opportunity. So what do we do? All of us in and out of Congress need to be willing to tell people, of course, our elderly, my 87-year-old mother who's had cancer twice, of course, I want her much more isolated until there's a vaccine. I want to make sure she's safe. But for most people, we need to get back to work, Mm -hmm. back to school. We need to uh, agree, which you'll notice the left is anytime the president says something looks promising to reduce the effects of COVID, immediately they Mm -hmm. talk about how dangerous it is, even if it's a drug that's been used for decades. Mm -hmm. The fact is we are finding lots of things that reduce the symptoms, reduce the mortality separately from the vaccine. We have tests that you can do in 10 minutes. But at the end of the day, one of the great figures of the left, and I hate to say it this way, Bill Maher, he's the one that said, what do you mean we don't have a vaccine? We have 99.7% of the people who get it survive because your own body is, in fact, an, an immunity machine. The fact is that most, for most of us, we need to face this like we faced the measles and chickenpox and other diseases before we had vaccines. Mm-hmm. And we need to be willing to take that small risk in order to protect our country and its economy. Yeah, because Just you know what? We, men and women, 
Yeah, well, yeah. Story. I mean, we we get we leave our house every day, and we we fly on airplanes. At least we did. We ride, you know, we ride bikes down the street when we could get hit. We get behind the wheel of an automobile. We eat, you know, we eat chicken wings when we could choke on a on a chicken bone. We take risks every day of our lives. This is insane. The way that this culture has been shifted, and the way the left has managed to exploit it for power. Um, and, and let's shift into uh, uh, and. Um, they've they've exploited both of these crises so magnificently uh, for power. And, um, yeah, we could have pre- you're right. We could have predicted both of these because it's happened before. Um, what we, we just this- couldn't predict that they would trick us into making them bigger than they are. Right. And but we don't have to continue to let that happen. We don't have to continue. We don't have to continue to let people burn down our cities and burn down our and, and tear down our statues. When but when the Black Lives Matter dude goes on TV and national TV and says, you either get Give us what we want or we're going to burn this system to to the ground. What should the response be from the Trump administration and governors and, and others and Congress to this movement? You recognize that the anarchists and the Marxist left have been trying to do this for a long time. You recognize that 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 many African-American leaders, and I'll use just one, Condi Rice, right, who's not a conservative uh, on a lot of issues and is not pro-Trump. But she made it clear fairly early on as a, as a black woman who grew up in, in segregated Alabama as a young woman that you cannot ensure a better future by erasing the symbols and the history of our past. And, and I'm paraphrasing her, but she was right on. The, the fact is we need to define symbols of racism for what they were. And, and, and for what they are, but to eliminate and, and to allow these people to destroy both symbols of racism. And by the way, symbols like Abraham Lincoln's memorial, which has been attacked and vandalized. Who's kidding who? These are people who want to tear down the institutions of government and liberty. And, you know, Abraham Lincoln, the, the left hates him because he's the best known symbol of the Republican Party mm-hmm. and of the fact that we were there for women's suffrage and we were there uh, to end slavery when the other party was happy to continue both. When it comes to their, they've admitted that they are a Marxist movement and that they that they have a clear ideology. They are trained in it. They don't just use that word loosely. I'm not really hearing enough from anybody, including President Trump, speaking out against that, defining what that is, educating people on what that is, and then countering it with capitalism. I know it's not sexy. I know it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, but we have got to somehow educate. The schools aren't doing it. The schools have been turned into indoctrination centers to turn out little socialist uh, statist. So, you know, I know you understand this capitalist system better than most people. And we've got to have a way in which we counter this Marxist, you know, ideology of entitlements and free this, which there's no such thing as a free lunch. How can we counter that message? What should Trump be saying on the campaign trail? And how can you share with people in San Diego, the voters, why capitalism is the greatest system in the history of the world and the one that provides the greatest amount of prosperity for the greatest number of its citizens? Capitalism is just another name for the right of private ownership of most of the assets of our planet, of our country. And your real choice is, do you want the government to own the things that create wealth, or do you want to own the things that create wealth? It's that simple. So, you know, when when people say capitalism, it gets a little abstract. Mm -hmm. But private ownership, the right to own your house, 
you know, in the old Soviet Union or in China, you know, do you really own your house or does the government own everything? Well, the answer, of course, is in these countries, the government effectively owns everything. Only in our system, and particularly in the United States, do we respect your ability to to raise capital, to build something, and by the way, to pass it on to your children so they get the benefit of your hard work. Every American wants that. You, you talk to even the poorest person and they'll talk about what they want to be able to pass on to their children. And only real ownership lets you do that. And by the way, with that ownership comes liberty because you can't have private ownership and deny liberty because the liberty comes with the fact that you employ the government. The government doesn't employ you. And that's our system, that we employ the government to do that which we want done and nothing more, hopefully, including, by the way, law enforcement doing what we want uh, and not the other way around. So, you know, for for the libertarian in every young man and woman, there's only one party that believes in liberty and private ownership. And the, the youngest kids, if you have an opportunity to teach them civics that way, they agree that President Trump is providing that liberty. Mm-hmm. And quite candidly, the other party has one, one program after another that takes somebody else's money and promises they'll take care of you. How many young people really want to be taken care of at the expense of their ability to succeed in the future? And the answer is nobody. If you're young, you want to be somebody. Uh, and if you're old, you want, you want to have promises made be kept, promises like Social Security and Medicare. The only way we can keep those promises to our seniors is with a robust economy that the young people working hard for their own future give us. So... Am I excited to to teach what my party believes? Absolutely. And so is President Trump. As a matter of fact, he's the most excited person when it comes to teaching the difference between what the left has done and what what he will do. And, and by the way, that includes pushing back on Republican institutions that lost track of that. Well, yeah, and I think that uh, it, it, I think the best example of of the choice between uh, the capitalist system and what it means versus the left and the, whatever iteration of ism, socialism, and Marxism that they're looking for. You look and see in your life right now, after your business was taken and shut down, and you were told when you could reopen and if and it, whether or not you were allowed to be open and when you could reopen and under what conditions. And in the meantime, uh, the government was going to dole out to you X number of dollars to keep you limping along. And what ended up happening? The lines at the food, the, the food service companies, or the, the food banks were, were out uh, uh, down the street going on for miles and miles and miles. We have we you can see the evidence. You can see your life under socialism if you live here in California during these shutdowns and see what it means to have your private ownership, your business taken from you. And you can also hear what, when B, uh, Black Lives Matter say that uh, one of their list of demands is that your home be taken from you and given to a black person. The left does not believe that you have it, that whatever dime you make, whatever piece of property you have, your car, or your home or whatever, it is not yours and that is theirs for the taking and to give to somebody else. Congressman Issa, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for being here. Um, everybody needs to follow you on Twitter, by the way, because I love how you're one of the few people that called Antifa a domestic terrorist organization. You're pushing back against these people tearing down these this, the American uh, monuments and, and statues. 
and I appreciate all you do for freedom. Thank you for being here. It's an honor to serve, and I look forward to being back soon. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to take a little break. We come back. we got more to talk about. Don't go away. Sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. Oh my gosh, I was cracking up so hard. Potato skins and I were during the break. Okay, I don't know if you guys know, but Joe Biden said today 120 million people had died from coronavirus. Talk about inflating the numbers. Joe, come on. (laughs) So Trump tweeted out, uh, if I ever said something so mortifyingly stupid, the fake news media would come down on me with a vengeance. This is beyond a normal mistake. Why isn't the media reporting it? Um, well, it would be on every network, on every, are we, are you, you know, kidding? every time slot. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they they milked for two days the fact that it was was Trump joking when he said I ordered less testing to be done, you know, which was obviously a joke. So it's just crazy. Um, I joined Parler. Everybody needs to go you made over to the plunge, Parler. Huh? I made I made the jump um, because Twitter has uh, permanently banned Carpe Donctum, which was one of the best memers. He he had two hundred seventy five thousand followers, and his memes against the left were just legendary and amazing. Permanently banned. They also banned uh, uh, Raheem Kassam for for showing a video. Uh, remember how upset you were last night of a video of of a white kid getting beat up? Yeah, yeah. He posted a video of I guess out of the UK. Um, a white person being stabbed um, by by I, I didn't see the video. So and, facts are and, offensive. Well, yeah, I mean you you know it's okay you know they they prop you know post videos all day long of of people with darker skin as victims. You're not because white people you're not allowed to see a white person as a victim. So you know this this is where we're at. So I'm hoping Trump makes the move over to Parler. That may to. get me to move over. He needs to. And Project Veritas came out with more videos today about Facebook and how they're they're banning people and shadow banning and you know they change the algorithms to keep people from uh, you know seeing your stuff and just control the message and you control minds. That's I mean, why I got off Facebook a long time ago. I got no time for that. Well, you know, um, I, I I have my show up there. I love interacting with all the patriots on there. Like I told you, if they do Parler Live, something similar to Facebook, that'd be the way to go. Yeah. You know, Parler doesn't restrict anybody. Um, Emerald Robinson, who used to be with OAN, is with Newsmax now. She put on Parler earlier. I don't know how you say Parler. Do you Parler? You, for Twitter, you say tweet. For Facebook, you say post. I don't know what you say for Parler. We got to come up with something. Yeah. She posted on Parler that 500,000 had switched to Parler in the past uh, 48 hours or wow. past three days or something like that. She says, and she's right, if Trump went over to Parler, it would start a media revolution. I think he should he should immediately get off Twitter and go over to Parlor. Hey, we're going to be back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Our buddy Bob Walters will be back with his education segment, Friday Fun Day, Here of the Week, and Steak of the Week. Thank you all. Thank you to my guests, Harlan Hill and Congressman Issa. Peace out. Love you all.